Welcome to the Gene Oliver Podcast, where we talk all things business, art, and lifestyle. This is your podcast for building a more creative life. I created a free resource and mini workbook just for you. 10 Tips to Take Back the Peace for a More Beautiful Life. A free ebook if you're looking for some rest in your day-to-day like I was. Go to geneoliver.com slash 10 tips to get your free resource. Creativity is calling. Become the artist you have dreamed to be. After the podcast, meet me over at geneoliver.com where you will find art, business, and lifestyle online courses. Welcome back to the podcast. I am Jean Oliver, and today I'm talking with Calvin and Patty Yarbrough, better known as Tripper and Slipper on the Appalachian Trail. I was introduced. Yeah, to that's the- what I'm talking about. <laughs> I was introduced to this adventurous <laughs> couple through a family member of Calvin, Calvin and Patty, in one of our art Facebook groups when I was sharing my love of hiking and the dream of hiking either the Appalachian Trail or the Pacific Crest Trail. Kelvin and Patty, I am so excited to talk with you today and to hear about your through hiking experience on the Appalachian Trail. Welcome to the podcast. Thank, Thank you. you. And Thank we're excited you. too whenever we get to talk to somebody about the AT and their eyes don't roll yeah. um, or if they're excited <laughs> to hear about it. It's always a great thing. Uh, now, we're, jazzed. we're stoked. We're jazzed. Oh, well, and I've been so excited, and I have so many people in my life that are really anxious to hear what you say. And so um, they were sending me in questions, and uh, hmm. I'm very excited. So, so I have to start with your trail names, I'm assuming. So you would think <laughs> they are self-explanatory, but Calvin, you are Tripper, and Patty, you are Slipper. I am. <laughs> yes, I am. That's yourself, correct. Yeah, did you give yourself these names, or were you given them on the trail? <laughs> Wow, that's good. You know what? Both. So we were given the names on the trail by ourselves. <laughs> we actually, uh, we were actually hiking. We were doing a lot of day hiking. And look, at the end of the day, we were novices when it, when it would come to hiking. We just wanted to get outside and be outside, right? And so as we were hiking, we found ourselves tripping and slipping quite often. Me tripping more and Patty slipping more. So it just seemed like an appropriate trail name of Tripper and Slipper. And it works. It's it works. awesome. It's great. When did you decide <laughs> that you wanted to through hike the AT? Wow. Take well, that, babe. Yeah. Well, it's, it gives me goosebumps because we moved to um, North Georgia Mountains in 2004 and we decided we were going to take up hiking as a passion. We um, we were both loved to be outside. I was a runner. Calvin and I would hike around our neighborhood. And we decided that, you know, we'd start out. And we were close to the AT. We live about 30 minutes away from the southern terminus. So we decided to go to uh, Mountain Crossings, which is a very, very important milestone on the AT when you begin in Georgia. And while we were there we saw some what we thought were through hikers coming through and we were outside and we looked at each other and we both said one day that's going to be us and so that was 2004 and we didn't hike to, to 2016 so um we didn't plan to hike in 2016 and 2004 but you know we just kept hiking doing day hikes doing section hikes mm-hmm going to the Smokies, just doing all things um, hiking-wise on the AT, and, and that passion just grew, and our equipment changed, and so we decided actually to, to through-hike 
uh, it was about a six-year prep because of our our um, low Career. because of what we do for a living. Mm-hmm. But we really nailed it down about two years out that we set a date and we let the people know that we worked for that this is what we were going to do. So, what was your life like before you left? What were your businesses, and what did you need to put in place to leave for six plus months? Because how many months were you gone? We were gone six months and four days. Okay. So what did you have to put in place and to be able to take that kind of time away? Well, we, I'll tell you what we do. We, we are actually um, in real estate. So we get to serve people and sell property. And we've been doing that uh, together for quite some time. And Slipper is right. When we walked out onto that terrace area at the Mountain Crossings, I don't know if it was a nudge, the universe, divine, what have you, that still small voice of, we're going to do this. And then it just became that conversation that we would do it. And then it became more of a passion and we began to put things in place, really just saying we're going to do it. And the more we talked about it, the more emboldened we, we became in just allowing our schedules to be so, we were able to get to that point to where we could take the time off and and begin that hike, begin that journey. Well, and so you know what, what we do doing. for a living yeah. um, to try to to try to do that together because we were we were in different communities selling real estate. Mm-hmm. We both finished out our communities at the same, same time. time. That just let me tell you, in this business, that doesn't happen. That right. that synchronicity doesn't happen. And so we felt like putting it out there, talking about it you know, just made all that happen. And then to mm. dial it down even more, when you talk about what you need to put into place to leave for six months, the day-to-day things about having mm. somebody get your mail and paying your bills online, it's so much easier to do that now. Mm-hmm. But nobody takes a hike by themselves. So not that it took a village for us, but we had people that were willing to get our mail, willing to do things for us that needed to be mailed in, like even car tags, all the non-sexy stuff about hiking <laughs> when you go off and leave a house for for six months. Yeah, uh, can you tell everybody what were like what was your living situation? Um, because I know that really changed. Oh, good question. And we'll talk about that later. Um, but I really wanted to know before you left on the trail, what was your home yeah. life? Where were you living? So check this out. We is uh, is Slippers already said we live. We were living fairly close to the original Southern terminus of the Appalachian trail. And we thought that we were doing everything right. We had had several homes in this particular community and we had jettisoned everything. I mean, we, we had gotten rid of a lot of things, edited a lot of things. We were living in a matchbox rental thinking this is how you do it. Mm -hmm. And here we are in real estate. And, and I looked at at slipper one morning, we were having coffee and it's kind of like, you know what? Wow. Why don't we consider purchasing a home. Here we are in a rental. Why don't we consider purchasing something now that the interest rates are low? We have no idea what they're going to be in six months or so. Let's make a financial decision to do that because if we don't, when we come off of Mount Katahdin, we will officially be homeless and have to come back to Atlanta and find a place to be. That being said, we began our search. We found a home. Um, we, We bought it. We totally remodeled it, took about three months to do so. So we brought it up to new home standards. We were living in that for about another six months and then we locked it up 
and we began our hike. So we had just bought and renovated a home and it's kind of a mountain home, a, a, I guess it's more of a farm home in the mountains, but um, it was beautiful. We loved it. And we were there for a while. It was there when we got back from Mount Katahdin. So as you're planning to do this six month hike, um, and it sounds like maybe it was, it was a few years that you were really trying to dial it in and really get clear mm-hmm. of what you would need to take. And so, but how much planning did you actually do? And then how did your family, like how did your kids respond to your adventure <laughs> and other people in your life when you started letting them know? And it sounds like this was just a part of your life anyways. You're very active. You're always hiking. So they couldn't have been that surprised, but to leave your life to mm-hmm. and your successful realtors and to say, I'm going to take a six month break from that. Like, what did they think? Well, it's funny because, um, you know, they did know we were active and they, we, they did know we would hike, but your kids almost turn into your parents in a way. They're like, you know, what, what are you thinking? What are you doing? My mom <laughs> just asked the question, why? And why? I, you know, and then our question back to her was, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, that was, and then my kids, uh, my two boys, we have a blended family. So everybody's out on their own. So we didn't have to pack up and leave kids. Um, when I left, I was 59 and Calvin was 57. So our kids were, you know, pretty much my boys were very much on board and said, you know, mom, you're a badass. You know, this is great. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting you to do this. So boys usually respond different than girls do. Mm. Well, well, I know I I can see that for sure. And I, even on your website, um, maybe it was on your blog, you, you have a little area where you gave the response of different family members. (laughs) And I think it was your daughter that was, that just had a really hard time with it. My daughter did. She did. And you know, it's, again, it's as Slipper saying, you maybe the guys just have a different, a different mindset about it. My daughter was a little, a little troubled by it. You know, I guess thinking almost the worst that could happen. And, um, but we had a big, we had a big gathering. My mother thought we were crazy. (laughs) And, um, but we, we got together at Amicalilla Lodge. We brought in family, uh, had a few people that we had recently met that really wanted to be supportive. So we all met there for the launch for the, uh, you know, kickoff of our through hike. And I think that was a great time of celebration, but yet it was also a time of, you know, where there was some emotion thinking we're going to, we're not going to see you for a while. Um, But I think as we continued to hike and we would stay in touch, then that began to subside and it became more of a celebration as they followed us through. I love that. Well, as an artist and a lover of the outdoors and a writer, I have this dreamed up idea of what hiking the trail would be like. I think uh, we all do until you do it. And from what I have Mm -hmm. read, the reality, though, of what you accomplish is better than any made up ideal. But what were Mm. those first few days like? And what were you not prepared for? Because, you know, it's one thing when we're going to talk about how it felt at the end, but at the beginning and... Uh. You know, what were you not prepared for? And then maybe also, what did you plan for? And you literally had to throw your plans out the window. Mm. You know, what's funny, going back to the planning part of it, I'm a planner. 
And Calvin mm-hmm. is very spontaneous. Spontaneous. So yeah. I love to read. So I had read every book I could get my hands on, hands on about the AP. Um, we mm-hmm. both read that David book, Appalachian Trials, which I would suggest that everybody reads. Um, it's just a great read. But I love reading. So the more information I could get about the AP, just the, the more excited I got. And it wasn't so much trying to plan so I could avoid things. It's just because the AT is just so such a passion for me. And Calvin is just like, we're just going to go. And <laughs> it doesn't matter, you know, what town we stop in, that kind of thing. Because we knew that we had the AT guide. Uh, we had prepared, mm. and I'll let Calvin talk about how we prepared gear-wise. Um, but we had two real good friends that owned a, a gear shop, and he had been section hiking the AT. And so talk about a great guide and a great mm. mentor for us about what we would need. Um, you know, and I'll let, I'll let Calvin talk about that a little bit more, but we, um, we, I think we were very well prepared for what we did. I think so. There's no doubt gear wise. And, you know, and, and everybody's got different things that are important to them when it comes to gear. But I really believe that we were there. We did a lot of shakedown hiking. Again, we could just step out of our home and just began to hike, you know, elevation. I mean, it's because of where we lived. And so we would do just some shakedown hikes. We actually went um, down in in freezing weather and went and camped down close to a stream knowing that the temperature would decrease even more just to test out the gear that we had. And so we felt like that we were uh, probably as good as we could get. And when we started, what we didn't know was we would actually begin our attempt to through hike with an ice storm. And so our very first night, um, you know, we were staying at a shelter. We didn't plan really to stay in shelters. We had a three-person tent, Copper Spur UL3. We loved it. And so we were kind of not expecting to do the shelter thing, but we did it on night one at Hawks Mountain Shelter, and it was frigid cold, but we had the right gear. And so we were able to kind of snuggle down and, boom, fall right to sleep and realize, okay, that was a good test. And then the rest was, I don't think we would change a thing, to be honest with you, with what we had, what we had geared ourselves with. I think we would probably do the same thing. If we were going to attempt to through hike it again this year, we'd have the same gear all over again. That's amazing. Yeah. I think that when you spend money on the three most important things, your what you're sleeping on, what you're sleeping in, um, your, your pad, your sleeping bag and your tent, we never, and I mean, it's cold in February in Georgia. Most people don't mm. realize that, but it's really cold. And when you're in the mountains, it can get even colder. Mm-hmm. When we hiked through the Smokies, we had snow. I never was awake at night uh, because of the cold. We would go to sleep. Now, I mean, getting out of your sleeping bag in the morning, that's not the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> you, get, you get dressed real quick and uh. you get moving. So, um, I, you know, our gear, I wouldn't do anything different. Was there ever a point when injury, weather, or exhaustion made you consider quitting? Mm. Uh, you know, I don't know that we ever considered quitting. There was a time um, we were were we up in were we in New Hampshire Bay when when the plantar fasciitis really kind of flared up. Is that how close we were? About no, five hundred miles away. No, it it flared up before then. You you actually had two shots before we ever got to New Hampshire. 
Yeah. So we were, it was, it, it got ugly there with, with plantar fasciitis. And so uh, we went into a neighboring town and went into a medical clinic and inquired about where to go, who to see. And just one person mentioning another person, we were able to get in and I had my first shot um, in the foot for it. And it took care of it for just a little while, but it flared back up and I had to get a second shot. Uh, I thought that that might be an, an injury, if you will, that was going to bring us off. I didn't want it to. I didn't consider it. I wanted to press through, which is why I pretty much insisted on that second shot. And so uh, that second one really took, and we were able to to summit on August the 19th. So, Do you well, weather-wise, we did get off the trail one time uh, in North Carolina at Standing Indian Mountain. We, mm. um, we, we Indian were in Standing Indian Gap is really, really a high, mm-hmm. um, that's a high mountain. And they were predicting, you know, 60, 70 mile hour winds that night. And we were in our tent and our tent was like a lung breathing. That wind hmm. was so strong. So that's, it's a good commercial or a good a recommendation for a big Agnes tent. But <laughs> we, we said if we got through that night, you know, we were going to be very, very fortunate. So we got up the next day. And with everybody that was in that shelter intended around that, we all hiked out of there and got off that mountain because they were expecting right. really bad high winds for the next two, three days. So we had to hike an additional six or seven miles down a service for a service road to get to get off the mountain. And, um, you know, we hiked on top of mountains when it was lightning. You never, you mm-hmm. never know that's going to come up. That's not what you want to do. <laughs> right. But sure. I remember running across the mountain. Ran the mountain. That's right. Yeah. We ran the mountain trying to get down because the lightning was so bad and we were the mm. tallest thing. Wow. <laughs> so, um, those things come about, they, they just do, and you don't have a lot of control, but you just got to remember, you know, what your, you know, common sense, really. Mm. In everything I've read and watched, one of the biggest takeaways from hikers is that their faith in humanity returns. So did you experience this? And if so, in what ways? Wow, a lot of different ways, to be honest with you. Um, One of the things I guess that we discovered on the trail is that, you know what, a hiker is a hiker. I mean, there's, there's really no distinction of, of a difference outside of your trail name and why you were given, why you were given that name and believe me, that's, that's a podcast in and of itself. But, <laughs> uh, we, we recognize, we recognize that, you know what, it, it just, everybody is on the trail. Yes. We hike our own hike, but we're all there. Maybe different reasons brought us to the trail, but we're there for the same purpose. And that's just to, to, if you will, to, to be out and to hike our own hike for whatever that reason is that brought us there. Um, and if someone was in need, you, it was amazing to see people rise up and care for one another. There's a, there's a term out there and hikers will know it. It's, it's called trail angels. And it's either people who have hiked a hike before, um, or just have this care for hikers, maybe live in the area. But they provide, if you will, service for those who are investing their time to hike the trail. So my my hat is off, my toboggan is off to trail angels all up and down the AT because there was there were times we Patty and I both hit the wall um, on on one particular section where we were just fatigued, and and our 
but our, you know, supplies were running low and we were both in tears about that. Mm -hmm. And no more did we, 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 we talk about it to one another and just speak it that all of a sudden, um, there's this metal box on the trail, just packed full of supplies for hikers, food. I mean, anything you, whatever a hiker would need. And so we were grateful for that, but that's just people, you know, caring for people and helping people. Yeah. What point on the trail did you know it was all worth it? I would love to hear for, from each of you. What was the moment for each mm-hmm. of you? <laughs> Go ahead, babe. Oh, well, I think the moment that, and we may both have the same memories, but uh, like, like Calvin had said that our family, you know, was with us the night before right. and, um, you know, when you start at AT, it's the honeymoon. It's the, mm-hmm. you're in that honeymoon phase. Your adrenaline carries you. I think it might be different for couples because we were there for each other. But when you hike down from Springer Mountain and you actually are, you know, coming back down from where you just came and you start, you walk through this parking lot. And we got probably 500 feet into the woods mm-hmm. and we looked at mm-hmm. each other and we said, mm-hmm. we're doing this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it Ditto. gives me goosebumps right now. And it will always give me goosebumps whenever I see um, an AT blaze, whenever we go to the AT, I get all of that again. So I knew that all the sacrifice we had made to save money and to do what we were going to do, that it was going to be worth it. So it was from the very beginning that I felt like all of this, all this preparation is worth it. True, true, and it's ditto, the same, same, same for me, same for me. We walked over this knoll, we looked at each other, said, we're doing this, and look, we did it on the 14th, right? So we, we did it on Valentine's Day, that was kind of special, we selected to hike out that day, and so to this day, we have a saying for one another that every day is the 14th, mm-hmm. because it's just, I mean, it's just that monumental, emotionally, mentally, Intellectually, I mean, it's just that hike, that those first few steps, looking at each other saying, we're doing this, and now we say every day is the 14th because that's the day that we began that hike. I love it, and I love that um, just so many, so many things of what you've said so far I know is just going to inspire people to take action, maybe not on this, mm. but in different things in their life that they know that's in front of them. They know it's calling them, and, yes. and you don't just want to think about it, talk about it, but to take plans and steps to walk it out and to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what did you bring along that you got rid of as soon as you could? <laughs> Sounds like you guys were really on top of it, but was there anything like, oh my gosh, I don't need this. I don't need the weight. What is the one thing uh, I wish you would have known laugh. to bring? You're, oh, let me okay. jump in. I got to okay, jump okay. in on this one. Let yeah, me jump in. You're going to laugh when you hear this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know about laughing, but, but so look, you know, you think, okay, I want, I'm, this is a gear we've got, we've got everything. And I came across, you know, we have a blow up, if you will, thermo rest, uh, sleeping pads. And, and I discovered this little air compressor. Come on. What? This little air compressor, little battery operated. I mean, probably no bigger than your middle finger. And I thought, Oh, this is the coolest thing. So I had this little tiny air compressor. And so while we were, you know, getting camp ready, I would just hook up this little air compressor, battery operated to our Thermarest sleeping pads to blow it up. 
little did I realize that everybody, you know, that people who might be around you, they hear this little, this little air compressor going. And they're looking at you like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And I even thought to myself, am I kidding myself? Who am I kidding? So I couldn't wait to get rid of this little air compressor. Oh, it was a hoot. It was a hoot. Yeah, that's great. Oh, please. Like, are you kidding? I did this. I brought this. So that was the thing that I had to discard really, really quick. That is so funny. (laughs) Well, is there one thing that you wish you would have known to bring? More calories. No, (laughs) you know, you you pack what you fear. So people pack what they fear. True. We didn't have 10 days of food. We we know better than that. We knew we weren't going to starve. Um, but we were eating Cliff Bars for breakfast. We had uh, coffee every morning in a Cliff Bar. That that just didn't get it. Just mm-hmm. did not get it. So we changed up about how we ate and what we ate as we went along. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the one thing that I couldn't survive without, I think that Calvin will probably agree, is coffee. We um, one of the mm. most favorite times, really Come our on. favorite time of every day, was getting up. Um, even our chores and, and what we did as responsibilities switched because usually I was cooking. Calvin took over the cooking of, you know, lighting the stove and we took dehydrated food. We didn't do mail drops and all that. We, we, we supplied as we went along, but we loved Starbucks. So we had um, Starbucks via coffee mm-hmm. and uh, we did that every morning with a cliff bar. And then, and then we, we changed to honey bun and I haven't had a honey bun since it grosses me out, but we needed about 600. We knew we needed 600 calories to get us going in the morning. So um, we had that via coffee and in our honey bun every morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How far were you into the trail when you knew you wanted your life after the trail to be different? Wow. Great question. Great question. Yeah, that is a great question. You know, I don't know that I can go to any 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 particular place. I would tell you, well, yeah, maybe I can. I remember running to a guy. I think his name was Blue. You remember this guy, babe? And he said, yeah. "Look, when you get when you get to Hot Springs, man," he says, "You're you're gonna you're gonna feel like okay, yeah, I'm I'm on my way and I'm gonna do it." And I, that just kind of stuck with me. So when we were coming in, too, we were coming off this mountain down into this town. And I think as I was walking down that mountain into the town, you could look through the trees and see the town. And I think I thought then, wow, there's going to come a time when I'm actually walking off of a mountain, Mount Katahdin, and headed back into town. And I just kind of want my life to be like what it is right now. Mm-hmm. There was there was this there was this wholeness. There was this calm. There was this peace. There was this back to basics. Yes. It's, you know, being present. Thank you. And I wanted, I just knew that I would want that when I got back into Hotlanta. So that was the place for me, I think. What would you say? Patty? Yeah, I, I would have to agree. Agree. I thought that I wanted it to be different. I knew because you hear from everybody how your life changes and then they'll go on and tell you that it's, it's life changing and you'll never be the same. But I was, not anxious, but I was looking forward to what that was going to be. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I was in anticipation for uh, what this, this person would be like after if, you know, if God granted us the, you know, the ability to go ahead and and finish this and become a through hiker, what kind of story we would have to tell. Mm. And uh, it's funny because I believe that that still is unfolding. 
I know that there was it definitely is. things, and we can talk about that, you know, definitely what changed me when I walked off of Katahdin, but how it continues to impact my life uh, to this day, and I think will continue to. That's mm. beautiful. And and I think, like you said, you were very expectant. You weren't fearful of what that was going to be or worried about it or um, comparing it to somebody else's change, that you were expectant of what that change was going to be for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and I think that goes back to that saying, hike your own hike. You know what I mean? We, we Hikers will say that one to another, hike, hike your hike, hike your hike. And I think that'd be true that there is, there's this sense of expectancy of what it's going to do for me. What is it going to do for me? How's it going to change me? So you're, you're right on. And just hearing enough of your personalities and hearing just kind of your verbiage that you've used, I believe that it's actually uh, what you took away has um, spilled over and lavished other people in your business and your family. I bet the things you have learned it wasn't just for you. Um, it, it's become such a beautiful tool. I'm sure that has unfolded with other people too. And I think, and that's pretty exciting also. That's way I hope. And, and I, I, I hope pray that that is exactly right. My, my personal mm-hmm. mission is just to meet people where they are and help them to become all they can be. Yeah. And that's, I'm, I'm, my hope is that this change that we've experienced that that just comes natural. It's nothing that you have to work up. It's just natural. And that we are in fact being able to meet people where they are Mm -hmm. and help them. Um, Logistics wise guys, how did you get new supplies and how are you able to keep in touch with your children? Cause you did say you didn't have anything shipped in um, to you. And you said, and I think Patty, you said you would resupply like on the trail. Like, so would you just talk everybody a little bit about, um, about how you did that. Well, what's awesome is, you know, when you're hiking the AT, as remote as it feels, you're never far away from a town. And that was that was purposed. I don't think, you know, it was ever thought that people would through hike the Appalachian Trail. But, you know, there's businesses businesses that have been developed because of through hikers, which is awesome. So there's a sort of microcosm of, of, of businesses that have come about. So we would resupply in town, but I had this great thing that we're all familiar with called Amazon. And when I say that I didn't have anything shipped, um, when we got to some of the more remote towns that didn't have the, the, you know, the dry backpacking meals that we wanted or needed, we got kind of tired of a certain kind. I would just go on Amazon and I'd have them shipped to a and b that we were going to stay at when we got into town. We That's didn't amazing. stay in many hostels. We did it a little different. We maybe stayed in, what, three or four hostels the whole way. Mm-hmm. We would go into town and look for a bed and breakfast. So I think somebody has termed it platinum blazing, but we had saved <laughs> and we wanted to, we wanted to experience the town. So, I mean, even some places like Lexington, Virginia, we stayed there three days because it was so mm-hmm. interesting. And um, so we would just have those supplies, you know, sent to the bed and breakfast where we were staying and, um, or go in, go into town and, you know, everybody knows about Dollar General. That's where um, a lot of through hikers do their resupplying and, of course, Walmart as well. Um, no doubt. And, and let me pick up there, because what would happen to this, we knew, we knew about every four days or so that we were going to be able to come into a trail town. And so we had made the decision that that was going to be like the carrot out in front of a horse, that when the going got tough, we would keep going because in just a matter of days, 
we're going to be coming into this trail town and we're going to try our best to stay at the very best B&B in town, eat well, sleep well, clean well, that kind of thing. So we were able to do just that and we could call from the trail. And funny thing is when we first started, we were telling everybody, oh, we're coming in like to stay with through hikers. And um, there's this, there's this um, idea out there about, you know, hiker trash. We hear that quite often. And there's a lot of different things that happen that uh, on the trail that we all cooperate with to, to claim that title. But I think that, you know, people think, oh, this is, you know, these through hikers are going to come in. So we're not going to put them in the best of the best room. So we began to call from the trail and say, hey, we're just coming through your town. And we're husband and wife, Calvin and Patty. We like to come in and stay at your B&B and just stay in the nicest room possible. <laughs> and so we were able to do that. And it was a beautiful, beautiful thing for us. Not for everybody, but for us, it was wonderful. And we were refreshed and back on the trail in a day or so. That's great. And I love that you were able to kind of experience the towns also along the way. Oh, the people, the people, yes. The people, the people, they're just, it's, it's amazing. You know, we all live in our own bubbles, most of us. <laughs> and when you get out and you're walking and you don't have any way to drive and you're actually walking through a town, you see it in a whole different light. And people um, are so gracious. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. so giving. Um, mm-hmm. They want to hear about you. They, they want to help you. We have perfect strangers walk up, not only walk up to us, but pull up to us in their cars and say, where yeah. can we take you? Mm-hmm. What yeah. can we do for you? And, um, you know, when, when my mom heard that we were going to hitchhike, she about freaked out um, <laughs> that that was going to happen. And, you know, we had a great experience. And I don't know if it was we because we were a couple, but, um, you know, we, we got picked up frequently and really never had to wait um, for a ride into town if that's what we needed. That's incredible. All right, I have a funny mm. one for you. So when yeah. I like hiking the Appalachian Trail compared to the Pacific Crest Trail, I always mm. think Appalachian Trail and I think mosquitoes. Um, so tell me... <laughs> Tell me how you survived that, um, because I've even watched videos that will be forever ingrained in my brain, um, just watching this. And so, like, how, like, even things like that, um, because it even looks like, how did you protect yourself from ticks? And then also, mm. really, especially with the Appalachian Trail more than the Pacific Crest Trail, um, and then mm-hmm. with the mosquitoes, that's going to be much worse on the East Coast than the West Coast. Yeah, so can I say just permethrin? So we, you know, we carried, um, you know, we had our, we had some clothes that were actually treated in that. But when you get to the summertime and it's hot, you know, I'm in a pair of Nike shorts. They don't treat those for permethrin. So we we both had a little, little tiny spray bottle. The -hmm. black flies, um, you can't get away from those. So Mm -hmm. we would use our bandanas and tie them over our ears so they couldn't go in our ears and we would swat Mm -hmm. them. And it is a pain in the butt. It really is. But you know, it's like having a baby. (laughs) Right now, I remember that, but it's, it's such a small percentage of the trail and everything else is so grand that it's, you just get over it. You know what I'm saying? It's no, just, that's awesome to just, too, because sometimes it can really be exaggerated. Yeah. And it can be. And in the, in the moment, did we like the black flies? No, we did not. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, the mosquitoes was never, I don't even think I ever had a mosquito bite to tell you the truth. Um, 
we we just didn't. I didn't, and I don't think I don't think Calvin did either. Mm-hmm. But, no, we, um, we had Deet too, so we we used yeah, that as well. we had Deet with us. So you know, we would just you know keep ourselves you know protected that way. I remember walking through some tall grass in several areas and thinking about ticks. Calvin had one tick on him the whole time. I never had one on me mm-hmm. the whole time, and that's to me that's amazing. That is um, amazing. I don't know why, but it, maybe they just don't like us. But we <laughs> never, uh, <laughs> I never had to pull a tick off of myself. So, and we did. Well, you know, it, and plus two, it kept you moving. So, if there's any one thing yeah. that would keep you motivated to, to yes. move, yes. it would be the mosquitoes and the black flies. You yes. just kept moving. That's <laughs> what you did. <laughs> Uh, when I bring it up to my husband hiking the trail, um, he thinks he couldn't sleep on the ground for weeks or months at a time. So how did mm-hmm. you adjust mm-hmm. to living without those kinds of conveniences? And what I, you know, what I could uh, do at 18 would be very different now at 47. So did your mindset change along the way as you, um, as you moved more? Or did you just get healthier and stronger and those things didn't impact you the same? Or were you just so exhausted yeah. at the end of every day that you didn't care what you were sleeping? Oh. Let me start yeah, and say this. Are, Let me start yeah, and say you this. You are exhausted. Yeah. Hold the carrot out for your hubby. Keep the carrot out. You're going to go yeah. through a trail town every four days, baby. We can we can pull off and stay at the best bed and breakfast and eat well and sleep well and clean well and meet some wonderful people. Then we'll get back on the trail. Keep the yeah. carrot. Just give him the carrot. <laughs> Wash, rinse, repeat. And you know, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a girly girl, but I, I mean, I'm a tomboy. But you know, I like to look nice. I like to smell nice. Those kind of things. Um, but you know, I don't know, I, I guess we did so much hiking before we knew what it was going to feel like to be grungy and gross, you know? And so we would take advantage of a stream. Um, you know, you just, we were not the hikers that would go 30 days. They call it a 30 day challenge where you don't bathe and you don't do it. We never did any of that. Um, no, thank you. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we met people who were doing that. Um, sure but yeah, yeah, we did. But I even cut off all my hair when I was in New York. I had, you know, hair down on my shoulders and we were walking through town one day and I got a wild hair and said, I'm going to go in there and just get all my hair cut off because mm-hmm. it was hot, you know? Right. So, um, I just think it's my mindset was for a time such as this, Mm -hmm. this is what I'm doing and everything that might be uncomfortable or might be different. It's all worth it. That's Mm -hmm. just how I thought, because I think the most important thing you can carry on the trail is your attitude. So Mm -hmm. attitude changes everything. I would agree. All right. I want to talk about what it was like to reach the end Mm. and to accomplish (laughs) a huge adventure together. Mm, mm-hmm. And when you reach the end, um, would you would you mind just sharing a little bit about what you felt and Ooh. what that moment was like? Mm. Oh my goodness! Yeah, um, we when we got up into New Hampshire, coming into Maine, um, I can tell you that when you're going northbound, when it's when you're an oboe and you're you're hiking northbound. Mm-hmm. Um, all each step is preparing you for New Hampshire and Maine. I'm telling you that the hikers there are nimble, and that this it's there's no hardly any switchbacks um, in those states. You're up, you're down, and um, we decided right before to to take a little trip, 
and uh, to run over to the coast of Maine. So we rented a car and we did it and visited, you know, Acadia National Park and this kind of thing. It was it was almost a culture shock to get into mm. a car and go from your, your slower pace of walking to a vehicle and around mm. people. We we had to rush back to the trail. So it's like, let's get back. Right. And then we wanted to slow everything down even more so. We realized we were coming to um, the end of this particular journey, this particular hike. And so we wanted to slow it all down and to even take a slower pace to where um, we would set up camp in the afternoon and just try to chill. We met some uh, other hikers coming that would meet us on the trail. They were following us and, and they'd meet us out on the trail and we'd, you know, high five each other and celebrate. And then we would be encouraged to like stop by and, and make sure that you camp by the ponds or, or take advantage of this and take advantage of that. So we tried to slow it down. And then uh, when it came time to, to summit Katahdin, we wanted that to be so epic that we literally waited in town for what we believe would be the ideal weather, the ideal situation to do it. And so we hiked it. And we climbed it, and Slipper has a fear of heights. So I knew that this was going to be quite the challenge, and we were going to take our time and go slow, and we did. Coming up to um, that that sign, that epic, iconic sign of Mount Katahdin, man, I'm starting to get emotional even now. Um, you, everything just, everything just would well up within you. All, all the things of even family that there were, there were back home waiting mm. and all that you had accomplished together. Yeah. And you're about to touch this sign. And is it a, is it the finish line? It really wasn't for us. We felt like it was now really just the beginning because we wanted to take back all that we had experienced and encountered on these 2,189 miles and begin to apply it allow it to adjust our lives and just to apply it. So, and Slipper said earlier that it's still unfolding. This story is still unfolding in our lives. It certainly is mine. I believe it is hers as well. Babe? Yes. So waiting in town in Millinocket for, you know, there to be a great weather day, I think we had to wait two, three days. And we were not in a hurry. We didn't have to be back at a certain time. So that is an awesome thing when you can take your time. We took our time through the hundred mile wilderness. We slowed down. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in anticipating the climate Katahdin, I've never been up Katahdin, but I had read and I had seen, and I am afraid of heights and, you know, mm-hmm. going up Katahdin is not a walk. It's a climb. So um, you're hand over hand, you're using rebar. When you look on either side of you, you know, there's a drop off and that's a little, that's a little tough for me. But what was so awesome is that Calvin was so patient with me and took such extra care to make sure that I felt safe and good. Um, you know, your body's prepared. It, your body is so ready for that climb because you're in the best shape you've ever been. But this hike is more than typical. It's, you know, like Zach Davis said, it's a mental hike. And as long as mm. you can get that space between your ears right, you can, you can mm. do this. But I remember walking up the tableland and knowing we still had another scramble to get up to um, to the sign. 
But when I saw that sign, it's like everybody that was up there just disappeared. It was like it was just Calvin and I. We were walking towards that sign. And I had dreamt of this. I had seen it in my mind. I had put it out in front of my face all these years, what that sign looked like. And words just can't describe what you feel. You get emotional. You cry. You want to touch it. You want to climb up on it. You want to high five. You want to do all this. And you think about all the people that were assisting you to get you there along the way, at home and on the trail, and all the things that came together to get us to that point. We we started off with people on the trail the first day we started, and most of those people did not finish right. uh, because of injury. And, you know, just because you're strong and everything is going right, you know, you can you can take a slip or a fall and break something, and I don't care how great you are, it ends your hike. So we were just, I just kept thinking how thankful I was that I got to finish and I was touching that fine. The last time I went to Kauai and I came home, I cried because of the light up sign at the local outlet mall. So I cannot <laughs> imagine my reaction to the world after hiking over 2,000 miles. How was reentry? Wow. Um you know, right, just talking right now, I'd love to be right back up on the summit of Katahdin and coming back down that mountain. Um, the re-entry, we were flying back in, just getting to the airport for one, just getting on this bus and going back to the airport. It's like, wow, this is, it's, this is a whole, it was like a different world. Right. I mean, it's just like, it was like a different world. And then, um, you know, flying into one of the busiest airports in the world, Hartsfield, and um, getting off the plane and and getting in a vehicle and trying to battle the traffic. There, there was a lot of things going through the filter of your mind and wanting to escape back to the trail, wanting to escape back, or better yet, how can we adjust our lives now that we're back into the everyday world. How now can we adjust our lives to this storm, if you will? How can we do it to continue to live out our purpose, to meet people right where they are and help them? How can we do that? And we continue to do that to this day. Um, our, our careers, we, we, we came right back and jumped right back into our careers. We had people following us. So we got right back into um, our professional careers. And even in the midst of that, while you're building those careers, how can we adjust and get back to what we had on this trail? How do we get back to that? And I'm going to tell you, we came back to this house. Remember, we talked about this earlier. We came back to this house that we bought, that we had gutted, remodeled. Beautiful, beautiful home. And we're sitting in this home looking at one another. And it's like, wow, this is a lot of beautiful, empty space. Mm-hmm. It's just the two of us. And how can we get back to that three-person debt and and continue to maintain and build our careers? And we talked through that and walked through that, and both of us kind of looking at each other. I think Slipper said, "Why don't we? Why don't we just sell it all and go live out of an airstream?" Mm-hmm. And it's like, "Are you serious? Can can we do that?" And so we talked through that. We walked through that mentally and made the decision. 
that we're going to sell this home fully furnished with everything in it. All a purchaser has to do is bring their toothbrush. Mm-hmm. And we sold it in less than a day, bought some acreage up on the tip top of this mountain, close to where we want it to be. And today, we are living more with less, living from our Airstream 30-foot International Serenity, living from the Airstream. When we're back at home in the mornings, we can step right out and hop on a trail and just take a morning hike or an evening hike. And we feel like, you know what? We're back. Yeah. We're back. I think when I was introduced to you, it's not just that you had this um, amazing adventure that you wanted to do together. I love that you did it together, but I love that you mm-hmm. you did hike it and that and you became a through hiker and not at 20 or 25 that um you know you're in the middle of careers and you said we're going to do this and figure out how to do this in the middle of all these other responsibilities but i think the thing that struck me the most was what you took away from the trail and then how Mm. you decided because it was a choice that we don't have to go back and do it the way we were doing it before not that it was wrong Mm -hmm. it's just what we don't we don't want that anymore and Mm -hmm. we now want something different and Mm. this is what actually works for us and this brings us the most rest and the most peace and the most freedom to do all of the other things we love. And so that was the part mm. of your story, I think, that is going to resonate so much with so many people that mm-hmm. that people right now say i want more adventure or i'm yes. i i how can i start planning now to walk out these changes in my life and and how can i simplify my life so my life it, i'm living it more how i actually want to live it and i'm not a slave to my job or to what society yes. might think um is success because i'm with you like um your how your life looks that is mm. beautiful and successful in all the ways that uh, I think so many people are striving for too. Um, and so for anyone that's considering just through hiking or even an extended hike, um, what resources mm. would you recommend? Well, I'm a reader, <laughs> as mm. I've said. Um, I didn't know that much about podcasts back when we hiked. Podcasts were just, you know, kind of a baby thing back in 2016. But I love to read. I would definitely suggest Appalachian Trials. I think it's a great um, experience and, and not much so much a how-to book, but just preparing yourself mentally. And uh, talk to anybody that you know that hikes or has been a through hiker. Believe me, we would love, we love to talk about what we did and how it benefited mm. us. Um, and what what we took away from it. Everybody's different. You'll talk to, uh, you know, another through hiker, and they may t- may have taken different equipment or whatever, or done mm-hmm. it different. But talk to as many people as you can. I think that that's a really really um, important thing to do. And I say just do it. I mean, just you know, it, yeah, talk about it, dream about it. Um, but it can be done. It, it, all, all things are possible. It can be done. You can do it. Um, better to attempt something, right, than to not and go, I wonder what it could have been or would have been. 
So, and I think the resources, I had a, had a guy tell me one time, uh, remember the fellow that gave us maybe one of the books on the AT? And he said, um, it'll be weather that'll keep you, weather that will keep you from um, finishing your hike. It'd be weather. And I thought, weather, I, I love the rain, man. I love the cold. I like the one. I like it. What do you mean weather? He says, what I mean is, it's whether you will get up hmm. and hike the next day or not. And so, it again, that comes back to that mentality, having just the right attitude, having the right mindset. And I think when you make up your mind that you're going to do it, do it and don't look back. Hike hmm. your hike, you know. Hike your hike. Don't try to hike it like anybody else. Just hike your hike and get out there and watch what a difference it'll make in your life. Well, would you please let everyone know where they can find you so they can read about all of your adventures and also see how you are living now? Absolutely. Our handle yeah. on Instagram is Tripper and Slipper. And then our website is tripperandslipper.com. And uh, we, you know, you can find us there. We're not on Facebook, but you can find us on Instagram and our website. Yeah, well, we're working on a YouTube channel, but that's going to be pretty much for what we're doing now. But that's to come. Well, you guys, I've had such a wonderful time talking with you. And I just appreciated all the time that you have given us. And what you guys don't know is Patty's calling in. She uh, had a trip. And so she's calling in from one location and Calvin's calling in from another. So I sure appreciate both of you making the time today and just sharing so much about this amazing adventure that you, um, you did together. Thank you are you so kind. Yes, <laughs> we appreciate it. Appreciate you reaching out to us and asking us to do this. Um, we loved it. Great questions. And mm -hmm. we just really appreciate your interest in what we did. Thank you. Guys. And pull that carrot out. Pull that <laughs> carrot out. <laughs> yeah. And hold that out for your hubby. You can do it. I know. <laughs> you can. I know. I have actually quite a few family members I'm trying to talk into this. So thanks, guys, I so much. It. I appreciate thanks. it. Thanks. great. You Thank bet. you. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. I created a free resource and mini workbook just for you. 10 Tips to Take Back the Peace for a More Beautiful Life. A free ebook if you're looking for some rest in your day-to-day -day like I was. Go to jeanoliver.com slash 10 tips to get your free resource. Creativity is calling. Become the artist you have dreamed to be. After the podcast, meet me over at jeanoliver.com where you will find art, business and lifestyle online courses. We have over 150 courses from teachers around the world. Thank you for joining me this week. Don't forget to let us know what you thought of this week's podcast and make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing. Thanks for listening and see you next time.